Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. Did I did I send you that TikTok I saw where it was this lady who's staring a big pot of boiling hot water and her husband walks up to her and he asks her, what are you doing, babe? And she goes, I'm making holy water. And he goes, what? She goes, you got to boil the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just sent me that. <laughs> <laughs> you just... <laughs> I was wheezing. Oh, I didn't send you one. It reminded me. Similar similar humor. Um, it was just a guy like staring at the camera and he was like, why do they have vampires in Europe, but not in Africa? And then he just started playing I Bless the Rains down in Africa. <laughs> 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 So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? What have I been up to? <laughs> I went to the dentist for the first time since COVID. Like, I'm bad about putting that off anyways. And I was like, oh, I can't go to the dentist in a pandemic. And then I got vaccinated. And I was like, well, I got no fucking excuse anymore. <laughs> go to the-, the result being clearly I needed fillings because my teeth are trash and I avoided going to the dentist for a year <laughs> And I spent three hours of today in the dentist's office. Oh, my God. But also, I watched a very quality show while sitting in the dental chair. You know, they have that TV in front of you. And this show was like House Hunters, except it was for yachts. And there's this, like, exactly, like, picture the couple that would be on this show. It's, like, rich 50s white people in their little, like, preppy sailor, whatever. You you know, you can, you can see them in your head. These people who are, like, house hunting for yachts on this TV show. And they tour these diff- two different hundred-foot yachts. And they're looking at all the, like, bedrooms and shit. And at the end of the episode, they buy both the yachts... So that they can keep one in Miami and one in Monaco. <laughs> uh, Christy, first of all, you know what? Let me stop you right there. Rich people are disgusting. One. Yes. Two. I don't believe the people who are on that show are actually rich. They hired two actors to they pretend do- to be rich. Because <laughs> no rich person in their white mind will agree to be televised buying two yachts. Just so they can have one in Monaco and one in Miami. Like, yeah. It, it, and the, by the way, they picked the two cities that have M in them. Why can't the other one be Nice or Cannes? Like, why has it to be Monaco and Miami? I mean, the entire thing, like, it's a fucking stage. <sighs> Reality TV has gone out of pocket. But shout out to the rich people who bought two yachts, one from Miami and one from Monaco. <laughs> that or got paid $100 to pretend to be a rich couple buying two yachts for a dentist TV station show. Like, I feel like it's the same premise for all house hunting shows. Like, the husband is into basket weaving. The wife is yeah. into to like crocheting and they're like our budget is 500 million can you yeah. find us a house I- yes but ma'am sir what the fuck yeah <laughs> It, it doesn't oh make sense God. to me. Absolutely no sense. But anyway, shout out to those people. I'm glad you had a great time in the dentist chair watching this. I didn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I also did listen to one of my favorite bands, artists. It's mostly one person with sort of a collaborator, but Tune Yards. Have you heard of Tune Yards? I don't know them. Um. Her, them, him, a person? I don't know. Her. We'll say her. I don't know her. You don't know her. <laughs> Anyways, Tune Yards is great. One of my favorite artists. She, I first ran into her stuff uh, back in college when I was really heavily involved in dance, back when I had free time to do creative things. Yeah, do you remember those times? (laughs) Help. (laughs) Yeah, in college, I used to choreograph dances for our student dance group. And I did one of them to a Tune Yards song called Business, which is an excellent, excellent song. So Tune Yards is, how do you describe Tune Yards? It's like rhythmic sort of pop, but also very like discordant. And there's a lot of like spoken word elements. And it's really interesting. I, I love her music. It's weird, but it's not one of those that's just weird and not enjoyable. Like it's still really rhythmic and fun and enjoyable music, but also really weird. I have put some on our Big Empty Purse playlist, all one word on Spotify. <laughs> so I... <laughs> Check out our playlist. Uh, (laughs) Plug. (laughs) So I put that song Business on there that I did the dance to. And then I also put a song off this new album. So the new album is called Sketchy. And it's excellent. I really, really like it. Um, All of her albums are really good. I think she does a great job of having a very consistent sound, but also each album having its own sort of feel. And this one is really great. It's a little bit on the, I want to say like softer side from some of her, like her last couple albums have been very like hard. One was like very drum heavy and like synth heavy. And this one was a lot more like actual instruments, Um, but a, a similar sound, but really great album. Really enjoyed it. And it reminded me while I'm plugging Tune Yards, I have to also plug one of my favorite movies that I think of every time I think of her, which is Sorry to Bother You. Have you seen Sorry to Bother You? That film with Lakeith Stanley? Yeah, Lakeith Lakeith Stanfield, yeah. (laughs) You want me to tell you a funny story about that movie? Yes. Somebody asked me out on a date to see that movie. Okay, which, by the way, people asking me out to see movies on dates is very triggering for me, as you and I have discussed in a previous episode. But, and however, I agreed to go. And the movie we were supposed to see is Sorry to Bother You. So I get there, we sit, we, you know, the movie's about to start, and the movie doesn't start. It's 10 minutes, it's 15 minutes, it's 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and somebody comes out saying, um, there's a problem, the movie's not gonna show, and I was like, oh, fucking great, just just great. I get asked out to see a movie, this is exactly how it's gonna go. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, we're sorry to bother you, but the movie won't be starting. But anyway, so so they, they give us, like, vouchers and stuff, and we'll also give you a refund, just, we're so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. So I didn't see that movie, and when it came out, like, of course, all the spoilers came out, which I don't mind, so I went to read the spoilers, and they were like, it is a mind fuck of a movie. If you see it sober, you're going to have a migraine. And I was like, <laughs> challenge accepted. And I still haven't seen it. I say all that to say, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> all of that. I was so ready for your take on this movie. I, I know, I'm so sorry. I promise you I will see it, though. I- so yeah, for folks who haven't heard of the movie, you you and Olivier should see it. <laughs> it's really great. It is a mindfuck. Um, so it was in 2018. It stars Lakeith Stanfield. And he gets a job as a telemarketer and is... Mm-hmm 
struggling at it until someone tells him that he needs to use his white person voice on the telephone. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden (laughs) he starts using the white person voice and he gets like wildly successful at this job and he, which sounds... really stupid but the movie just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating it like how successful he is and like it's a wild wild movie so toon yards did the soundtrack for that wild ride of a movie you know what this this whole thing <laughs> makes perfect sense it was yeah it was like a perfect match like if you've seen this movie you understand <laughs> toon yards sound like, and vice versa what have i been up to i hate to announce the continuity of me going through it but I'm not on the other side of it yet, so I'm still very much going through it. But you oh. know what? Richard recommended that I watch Succession. And I usually don't take Richard's suggestions, but this time I did. And I have to say, I'm so happy with this suggestion. So thank you, Richard. The writing is fucking genius. The dialogue is next up. Have you seen this show? No. I don't think I've even heard of this show. What is this show? I don't know. Maybe their their marketing campaign has to completely suck. Maybe they spent <laughs> all the money hiring good writers, which I think is a good trade-off. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it's on HBO. The actors are extremely good. The jokes have so many satisfying layers, and you never see them coming. First of all, most writing, you can see it coming, like, a mile mm-hmm. away. If, if you just follow it, you know, it's all, I could, pretty much, you know how you watch a movie, you're like, I could have written this. Like, I know exactly yes. The, yes. the thought process that they followed to make this movie. You cannot anticipate any of the jokes. And when they finally land, you are shook, completely shook. And the thing that some shows do where they dumb down the dialogue to make sure that all the audience members are able to keep up, mm-hmm. this show doesn't do that. Like, yes. they are talking in real terms. Spoiler alert, I'm talking about Succession on HBO, and it's about an extremely wealthy family. And they're absurd extremely absurd relationships with each other with money and with business the whole thing is fucking hilarious it's a satire honestly (laughs) so the dialogue they just use terms that have to do with business negotiating stuff that normal people who don't work in that field don't hear and they don't dumb it down they expect you to catch up and keep up with the conversation and I, (laughs) i love it so much it's it it feels so refreshing to see that they're doing a show just for the sake of doing a good show but anyway they don't over contextualize anything they just throw you in the deep end of the scene and you just you catch up when you catch up that's on you but it's it's (laughs) always so satisfying and the satire is the undercurrent of the whole writing like you just look at it from the perspective of wow these people are so far gone they are fucked (laughs) and they know it too (laughs) <laughs> they're they're in on it every step of the way. There's there's this thing that the writers do where they throw you in a scene in the deep end. You don't quite, like, maybe they're still introducing the characters and you don't know the characters yet. Like, you see a guy talking to a girl and you don't know their relationship. Like, is it a brother-sister relationship? His ex-wife? His sister-in-law? You don't quite know the relationship. And the dialogue misleads you into thinking it's one of the three. And at the very end, they drop a joke and you realize, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> She is his sister, not his ex-wife. And it's so witty. It catches you every time because you're not expecting it. Because, again, they throw you in the deep end of the scene and you don't quite know who's who yet. So, and by the way, the intro, the intro looks like Lana Del Rey music video. They put these, (laughs) you know, that that sepia tone, slow motion, twirling in the wind. You know that Lana Del Rey essence that you get from her? That's exactly what the intro of the show looks Mm -hmm. like. It's brilliant. And the director... I'm going to say right now has to probably be one of the smartest directors 
that has ever made a show. And I will go out on a limb with my full chest and say, this is the best show ever made. I know The Sopranos were, was good. Like, if you think The Sopranos was good, chill out for a second. Hear me out here. <laughs> Give this show a chance. I don't think you'll regret it. Now, if you watch the show and you think it's garbage, I'm just going to go ahead right now and call you stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know that thing that Rotten Tomatoes does where sometimes you see a show has 99 or 100%? Mm-hmm. That show is garbage. Right. Because if the show were actually good enough, it wouldn't be 100. It'd be something like 92 yeah. Because if everybody likes it, it's probably yeah. not a good show. No, if it's really anyway. good, then some critic will be driven to be like, it's just too, like, it's a parody of itself. Like, it right, doesn't right, get exactly. the, the aura of the the feel of the aesthetic of the, like, if it's really good, some critic will. They would have knocked it down. It can't be 100%. Yes. All no. the shows that I've seen and all the movies that I've seen, all the stuff that has 100%, they're all trash. They're all yes. garbage. Yep. Yeah. So, but this show having a 92% of Rotten Tomatoes, I 92% of Rotten Tomatoes, 9.1 on TV.com, 8.6 on IMDb. This is a good show. I want it to be such that the writers had already planned for something like eight seasons before the show even started. So they have a clear vision and direction on how they're going to take each season. I don't want season one to be really good and then they completely drop off after season one because they didn't plan for season two, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Succession, I'm rooting for you. Please don't let me down. I've just said on air that you are the best show ever made. If you <laughs> fuck up in season two, I'm going to come back on this podcast and roast you to pieces. So just don't do it. I'm trying to find the annoying critic who, yes, here we go. Jesse Armstrong's specialty is writing stingers and elaborately vile speeches for his characters to deliver. This is simply showboating, not dialogue that can be convincingly responded to by other characters. There's the critic that needed to do the hot take. Shout out, David Sexton, London Evening Standard. (laughs) David Sexton just said, the dialogue was so good, it was too good, he's showboating. Like... You're doing a show. This is. A- I knew this critic would be in here. But- Are you fucking serious? <laughs> the- How can you be showboating like- when you're trying to do a goddamn show? It's too good. <laughs> but like, how do you get accused of showboating when you're d- doing a-, a show? I. I'm gonna go watch it. I'm so excited. I want to watch the best show ever. <laughs> please, if, if it's trash, please tell me. Like, I'm. When you see it, if you see it, please let me know if you like it and if you don't like it. If you like it, tell me exactly why you like it. And if you don't like it, because I'm curious to see how other people are assessing what I'm seeing. So, the topic we'll be discussing today is memes. <laughs> all right. So, first of all, before we get into the weeds about this, which, by the way, there are a lot of weeds, I, I was trying to prepare for the episode and realize I don't actually know the official definition of a meme. Like, what qualifies as a meme and what doesn't? Yeah, so I don't really totally know what qualifies as a meme either. What I do, for some reason, know is where the word meme came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Richard Dawkins actually coined that word in 1976, actually, in his book, The Selfish Gene. 1976? 1976, but it wasn't related to pop culture. Yeah, so The Selfish Gene is a book about, like, evolution and genetics so he used the me the word meme as like a genetics term for something that self-replicates and when things started replicating and spreading in pop culture the word meme got used for it 
I don't know where that connection got made, but... My mind has been blown so many times today. Like, human beings are walking memes. Yeah. Obviously, like, we <laughs> self-propagate. Like, by definition, this is, this is, this is what I mean. This is, this is crazy. I didn't realize that. I didn't know any of that. Wow, we learned something new today, guys. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> she came with the range. I appreciate you. But I should emphasize that it is called a meme, not a meme. Remember that time when Kenny Davenport said, they go meme your ass. And Trixie yeah. was like, you mean meme? Anyway, so because I didn't know the definition, I took my raggedy ass to Wikipedia to look up the definition of a meme. And Wikipedia doesn't know either. <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't actually know. <laughs> Wikipedia said, and this is a quote from Wikipedia, it says, What is considered a meme may vary across different communities on the internet and is subject to change over time. Meaning, they don't fucking know! <laughs> Thanks to Wikipedia for absolutely nothing. But also, for the purposes of our conversation today, we're going to take memes to mean any type of funny, digital, visual content. Because, I mean, if you print a meme, it's, it's still a meme. Like, mm -hmm. if it's on a page versus digital. So, if we say it's funny content, that's subjective. Like, so, really, mm -hmm. our definition of meme is already flawed. But we're just going to go with it. I don't even know when we took the pop culture references meme to start. But I remember, back in the day, the predominant funny digital visual content was Tumblr GIFs. And they were kind of reaction GIFs to stuff. And, like, that's how I remember them starting. And then they evolved over time. Like, I don't know, if you, the very first few that I remember was kind of like the, the troll face from Reddit. And then we got oh, yeah. to, yeah, then we got to um, other stuff. But usually most memes deal with the irony, the sarcasm, or the absurdism. Or it could just be good old grim humor. Which, by the way, if you guys haven't realized on this podcast that this episode <laughs> is my favorite where we just laugh about how hopeless and truly fucked we are. I think that is my favorite. And I think over time, I think a meme starts out, if it's a good meme, it starts out at least good. And then over the iterations of people sharing it, it actually gets better because there are just layers to how funny it is. Each person will add their own layer on it and it keeps going. So I think by the time a, a meme reaches the end of its lifetime, it's hysterical. It has gone in. Yeah, I think that's what I think of as a meme as opposed to just something that's like common in pop culture is the the ability to like iterate on it and take it in new directions and like use it in a bunch of different scenarios like that's what i think yeah. of as a meme if there's a meme that is really hard to iterate even if it is funny it will die out quicker but when vine came around then the memes evolved to be like short form and now i suppose TikTok has taken over that. By the way, movies actually use memes as a marketing strategy to promote. There's this movie called Snakes on a Plane that came out oh, in yeah. 2006. I remember Snakes on a Plane. Fun fact, Snakes on a Plane was written by an administrator of the University of Pittsburgh called huh. Dave D'Alessandro. And it was initially called Venom. And if you remember, one of the very famous lines in the movie is, I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. And that movie, it actually bombed. <laughs> <laughs> it only made 15 million. By the way, we're saying it bombed, like it only made 15 million in its opening yeah. weekend. Like to the normal person, 15 million is a lot of money. But if you have a movie where you have to pay big name stars like Samuel L. Jackson, if his contract says it's going to make $70 million, 
Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to pay him seventy million to be in this movie. If your movie on opening weekend only makes fifteen million, you're bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Like that movie enterprise is bankrupt, obviously, because you're not making as much to pay the people for that. And then before it went to DVD, it only made sixty-two million dollars overall. Oh wow! <laughs> so it really tanked, but it still got the popularity because it hitched on to the meme culture, and then it just became a cult classic that way. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Memes don't only go in the direction of form over function. They can also go in the direction of function over form. So if you are a meme creator and you want to make a meme out of Samuel L. Jackson's movie, and that movie has a lot of profane language, and you are an artist who wants to publish to a place like YouTube and you don't want to put an R rating on your content, you have to find a way to creatively cover or mask all the profane language so your video can be monetized for everybody so if i were a meme maker and i was making a a meme about this movie you see how the function has to follow the form because i have to edit the video and take out all the profane (laughs) words to make sure that my meme still makes sense you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. memes are it's just i think memes are an art form the people who (laughs) actually make memes for a living they have to think very carefully if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, because you can take that one in the other direction too and just keep only the profanity and use it. I've had it with these motherfucking blanks on this motherfucking blank. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there's your meme yeah. format. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Exactly. See what I mean? Like, I think memes will be looked at by historians in the future the way we look at a Picasso. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, look... <laughs> Nobody dragged me for saying this yet. Like, hear me out. Let me, let me, let me, let me make my case. Because <laughs> I know it sounds crazy just by me saying that. But here's what I'm saying, right? If right now you see a Picasso painting, right? And it's a painting. Oh, fuck. I can't make this argument because no, I can't guarantee that everybody who's going to listen to this has the range to understand what I'm about to say. Anyway, <laughs> a Picasso painting that's not impressionist, but is a cubist painting. You can look at the Cubist painting and say, okay, it's drawn wacky. Why is it drawn wacky? You don't understand why it's drawn wacky. It just looks crazy to you. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Cubism was a really revolutionary thing because it was the first time in any painting where you could see you could see different dimensions. So most paintings back then were portraits. They were two-dimensional. You looked at it head on. You didn't see anything else in the in the surroundings. But when Picasso introduced Cubism, he would make a pen, painting and you could see the subject of the painting from the left, from the right, from the up, from the down in the same fucking painting. It was the beginning of making 3D art on a 2D format. It was completely mind-boggling. It just people were shook to see that in the same painting, it wasn't just yes. a two-dimensional looking head-on. So, if you put it in context as to why Cubism was what shook the table back then, you'll see how wow this is actually really cool. But if you look at it some 200 years later and it just looks like fucking wacky painting, you don't get it. <laughs> mm. This is what I mean. Memes in a couple of years are going to look the same way. The humor or the political or the social context around that meme that made it popular and funny would have since died down. And people will look at it and not get it. But mm. an art collector who understood the social and political construct that made that meme popular is going to go around collecting those memes and then they'll be worth a whole bunch of money yeah (laughs) have i made my case does that make sense or am i rambling (laughs) i see what you mean 
Yeah. Again, I'm not an artist. And for the most part, I think a lot of commercial art, I think for the most part, it is garbage. Most of it is garbage. <laughs> but the context that makes them important is what's cool about those art. I will still say abstract art is still a piece of shit. Don't bother learning that. <laughs> Skip that. <laughs> that was important. <laughs> but no, I was just going to say that memes really are an art form. You would think like you have this sort of ready-made template, but there's a lot of meme like attempts to make memes with a really well-used template that are just not funny. Yes. And sometimes it's even hard to put your finger on why, but it's like somebody just didn't quite get what about this format was funny and didn't understand how to harness it. But when people right. know how to, it's it's so, so good. good. The thing is, sometimes like the <laughs> a good meme gets me out of bed in the morning. I like I don't I don't mean to say like, you know what I mean. Somebody's gonna be like, so you mean your whole life is a fucking joke? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Is yours not? <laughs> 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 but they oh man i was thinking of this when you were saying um snakes on a plane using memes for marketing do you remember in michael bloomberg's primary campaign last year because he joined the primary so late that he used a bunch of memes to try and market his campaign are you serious yes <laughs> i didn't know that. i mean there's I marketing that. firms that just do it now he just threw money at them and they made memes for his presidential run america is not a place <laughs> like it's this this is not this is not a real place are you it's serious i mean yeah that's serious I, I mean i mean yes i i what I, the, <laughs> my mind just got blown all over again like i'm going to run a political campaign to decide how people's lives are going to go and my whole bid to win is to make it all about a fucking joke. <laughs> like, do you understand what I'm saying here? The the two don't. Yep. This is not Literally. a laughing matter, Bloomberg. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe it is a laughing matter because look, <laughs> some memes are actually so specific. I remember a whole bunch of the first memes that I remember seeing, like after the Tumblr gifs, like started dying down and the memes became the meme format that is pretty much, you know, the the picture with text when those first started coming out i remember thinking to myself these memes are so specific like i would see a meme and i was like there's no way in hell that person has the exact same experience like this very niche experience that i have that i think i'm the only person in the world that had in, in the world that has it and this person mm -hmm. makes a meme turns out that a lot of people also have that very specific experience. And not only do they have that specific experience, they have the exact same perspective on how to make it humorous. Mm -hmm. Like the way I laugh at some grim shit is exactly <laughs> the way almost everybody else laughs at the same grim shit. And that mm -hmm. makes me so happy. <laughs> We're all fucked. We are all fucked. <laughs> uh, you, you told this joke way back on the podcast, but like due to financial reasons is like a phrase and somebody took it and went due to financial reasons i will be passing away <laughs> you said this months ago and i still laugh I at it sometimes <laughs> and it's still funny and it's still true but it's such a good setup the like due to financial reasons <laughs> <laughs> 
And you, like, this is the other thing, right? The rhetoric has to match. You can't say it backwards. It wouldn't still be funny. You can't say, I'm passing away due to financial reasons. It loses mm -hmm. the steam of the punchline. So on the subject of memes, I actually got a meme-related news story that came across my desk this morning. I don't know why I said it like that. Came across, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to came say. Came across my desk. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Well, so I read in the news this morning that the girl from the Disaster Girl meme, which is the photo of this young girl, and she's looking like smirking right into the camera, and there's a house on fire behind her. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so the girl who was in that photo, it was taken in the early 2000s, I believe she's in college now. She just, and I didn't even know this was possible, but sold that photo for almost half a million dollars. Full disclosure, Christy did tell me about this and I went to look this up. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what that exactly means. How do you sell a public domain photo of yourself? Mm -hmm. after, like de facto, like people have already made it public domain just by sharing it so pretty much, you know, ubiquitously. It's every place. Mm -hmm. How then do you double back and sell it? I don't like, know, yeah. Is it, and I was trying to think through this through, right, in terms of like, okay, you know, the, the construct of the meme is not her intellectual property. She can't sell that because that's the intellectual property of pretty much everybody who's made it. So I was trying to think, yeah. okay, is she going to sell her imagery because she's the one who's depicted in the photo? Then I was like, but there are other people in the photo. Like, she can't be the only one who's cashing out. So I, I was trying to think this. I literally, like, when you said this in real time, my brain was yeah. trying to process really hard. So when I went to look it up, apparently she sold the original copy of her meme as an NFT for 180 Ethereum. So she actually didn't get 500,000 US dollars. She got a cryptocurrency that is currently valued at $500,000. This girl is very clever because she sold it a for quote-unquote the equivalent of $500,000. But that cryptocurrency, given another two weeks, may be worth more than $500,000. It's not the case where she has to wait 30 years for that money to grow in a, like a regular S&P 500 investment. Right. That money she made today in $500,000 in a couple of weeks may be worth a million yeah. and two million and so forth and so on. So this girl <laughs> is very clever. Now, yeah. I think now we have to discuss NFTs. So yes. what are NFTs? Please tell back. me because... And buying an NFT with cryptocurrency just seems like buying a not real thing with not real money. I'm very confused. <laughs> this is what I am saying. This is why I think this whole thing is, first of all, we are not a money or investment podcast. Yeah. <laughs> An NFT, you're going to laugh about this. It stands for a non-fungible token. First of all, what the fuck is a non-fungible token? I'm trying to realize this. A non-fungible token is a unit of data stored as a digital ledger called a blockchain. And that blockchain certifies a digital asset to be unique and therefore not interchangeable. Saying NFTs can be used to represent items such as photos, videos, audio, and other types of digital files. It's kind of like how back in the day you would go on Apple Music and Apple will sell you a song mm -hmm. for 99 cents or $1.20, whatever it used to be, right? They would uh -huh. sell you a song and you can download it one time. That song, obviously, Apple is not making a whole new MP3 file every, every single time somebody buys it. It's the same MP3 file that they've uploaded 
and every single person just buys it over and over again. So if you had that MP3 file and you chose to give it to me for free, you could, really. I don't have to go to Apple and buy it. You already have it. I can just get it from you. But Apple started doing something to like make sure, which essentially this NFT takes care of, such that if I sell that song to you, I put a very unique tag on it. A non-fungible token. I don't even know what the fuck a non-fungible token is. I just know what it represents. It just means that the only person who has the digital copyright to use that thing is you. Because I've given you a unique identifier. So if that thing leaks and somebody else gets it, I can sue you. Because I know where the unique identifier came from. Mm. From you. Which means every single person now doesn't want to be the source of the leak. So if you want access to that content, you're going to be the one to buy it. You must buy it because if it <laughs> leaks, you can get sued. And the person who, who you licked it to is just going to, you know what I mean? Hmm. Which means now every single person has to go buy the original form of that content. Huh. If they want it. I feel like... So NFTs pretty much guarantee that you can sell digital things without the risk of copyright infringement. Mm. The problem is, how do you do that for a meme that's already present? It has already yeah. been shared so many times. All those copies don't have NFTs on them. Right. How can you then trace? So now it becomes an issue of, are they only going to sell all the new memes that come after she sold the original copy? And how then do they trace it? The right. whole thing is just, I, there's so many questions. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like I could, I could have, like if I made memes, I could have a copy saved on my computer right now from before she sold that. And I could upload it anywhere on the internet. Anywhere. I could upload it to every forum on Reddit and everyone could download it and it wouldn't have, I presumably, I don't know how it works, but I think it wouldn't have the token, right? Because like I already... Right. I, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> That's smart and this I is, don't I, understand. I, again, I, I think I might be just dumb and I'm missing something here because apparently this is a lucrative investment strategy. I yeah. just am not seeing it. I want somebody... To, if, by the way, if you are listening to this podcast and you know better, please let me know because I'm still very confused about this. The other thing I was going to say is now that she has... So, first of all, a lot of artists are starting to go this route, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the anybody who makes online content, they're, they're putting NFTs in this, especially comics who make comics and, you know, the comics get stolen and shared elsewhere. They want to be able to make the money back, so they're using NFTs. But the issue that I'm seeing here is NFTs are the fastest way to kill your own digital content mm -hmm. because the value of this memes is how easily shareable they are. That's the yeah. whole value of them. Right. So if you are going to then make it difficult for people to share it freely because there's an NFT tag and you can trace a leak, that's the end. Yeah. The meme dies instantly. Nobody can share it because they're afraid. And I'm not paying for a meme. No. I sure as hell I'm not paying for a meme, if that makes Ew. sense. So the fact that she was able to sell the original copy of the photo for this I'm understanding, A, who bought it? And if they bought it, are they just an art collector to just say, oh, yeah, I bought the original copy? Because that's all they're getting is the bragging rights of owning the original format. Because they can't make money. Yeah. The whole thing, like, 
got me shook. When you told me about this, I was like, I, I'm shook. This girl just played a scam yeah. that I wish I could have played. I want to go <laughs> sell a baby photo of myself from decades ago yes. and have like $500,000. Seriously, that <laughs> ethereal nonsense, I'm not even going to wait for it to be worth a million dollars. I'm cashing it out right now in US dollars and I'm putting it in my account. Fuck the taxes. I'll pay the 25% in tax and I'll just sit on the money. And I'll use the money for other stuff. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Is mm-hmm. She just played a very brilliant scam. Bless this girl. Bless yeah. this girl. Oh, Smile. yeah. No. Catch your money, disaster girl. Good for you. I, yeah. I'm so shook. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm shook. I'm confused. That's a lot of, I just feel so dumb. I don't understand what blockchain is. I don't really understand what NFTs <laughs> are. I don't. <laughs> it's just mysterious to me. I'm but, looking up fungible. I'm literally looking up fungible because, like, I thought I knew the definition of fungible, but, like, now I'm shook. So fungible does mean what, which is, a, this is what I'm so upset about. A whole bunch of tech stuff has, <laughs> I'm so upset. I want you to follow my thought here. I'm sorry if I'm all over the place today. The definition of an NFT is an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Stay with me for a second here. The whole point of an NFT is a unique tag that cannot be exchanged. And you know mm-hmm. what they called it? Non-fungible. Non-fungible <laughs> means non-exchangeable. Fungible <laughs> means exchangeable. So like the definition of the thing is the thing. I know. Sometimes I sit here and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with people? This is what they're selling. They, America is not a oh, fucking God. place. They will sell you air in the most creative way. Air? They just sold you a non-exchangeable thing that is, in and of itself, non-exchangeable. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. I am done. Hopefully, people are able to follow that argument. Like, the whole thing just shakes me to the core. Like, mm-hmm. so if I walked out tomorrow and I said, oh, I opened a jar right outside the house and I closed it and I grabbed air that was exactly at this GPS location. And I walk two blocks and I grab another jar of air two blocks away. And I said that other uh, jar of air, I grabbed it at that other GPS location. And I will sell this jar of air to you. And you have to know that you are the only person that has this specific jar of air that was collected (laughs) at this time and at this GPS location. Nobody else else in the world has it. Just you. And I'm going to sell it to you for $500,000. Do you see how absurd this is? Like, I'm sorry. It, I'm trying to put it in very simple terms for people to understand how fucking absurd this is. It's so absurd oh, to me. God. But it works. This, The financial system in the United States, to me, it's a mystery how it stays afloat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything mm-hmm. is not real. But for some reason, we all go along with it because... <laughs> and don't even get me started on cryptocurrency i understand it's lucrative and i get the whole concept of it how it's better than cash or regular credit but still (laughs) i'm so curious where the meme font came from because there's a very specific font that people use for memes that's like instantly recognizable that like this is a meme where if you put other yeah. text font on a photo, it's not it's not automatic like that. And it's not like it's a pretty font. It's like a sort of an ugly font. Where did this come from? 
I don't know. Does that font exist in regular Microsoft Word, or is it like a specific font that people have know. to get? Because I've never made a meme. You've never made a meme. <laughs> I've never. <laughs> I've made a meme. I've... I made a meme of you that one time. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah. I sent it yes. to you. <laughs> yes, this is true. I remember. The thing is, uh, I probably the thing is like I. Let me put it to you this way, right? <laughs> I can technically say I've made a meme, but I haven't made a meme. Mm-hmm. God, I'm not making any sense. I know what you mean. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about like memes. Yeah, if you just talk about it as like an idea that you can keep bringing up and iterating on. Like we've definitely had like inside jokes like that. Like I remember lots of things when Snapchat was big. Like I remember right. for a while it was like if you if we saw ourselves or like saw ourselves, but like if I saw you or like one of our mutual friends out and about and you didn't see me i took a picture of you and i drew crosshairs on it (laughs) we all did that (laughs) yes and they're still fucking hilarious i i peep i think i saw the one of myself i was somebody i don't know if it was you or katie i was on my bicycle and i was in pajamas and i was riding on forbes avenue was it you i know i think do you know that you know the you know the photo so. I'm talking about, right? I know exactly the photo. I was I I was in pajamas riding my bike on Forbes Avenue and I didn't even I was just riding. I don't know where I was going. And I get home and I pull out my phone and I see a photo <laughs> of myself looking miserable on my bicycle <laughs> on Forbes Avenue in my pajamas and it was <laughs> hilarious. I don't even know who took the photo anymore and the person was so stealth about it. It was it was great. <laughs> so there has been a list of very recognizable memes. We have the success kid, the kid with the fist saying, we're kind of looking like, yes. By the way, all the people who appear in these memes are all adults now. Like, <laughs> those tiny babies. Also, the Charlie bit my finger one, that, I don't, that was a video. It wasn't really a meme. But those kids are, like, grown now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like grown. Um, there's oh my god, scumbag Steve. I almost forgot about scumbag Steve. Con- oh, but I, I, you reminded me talking about this. These people being grown up now uh, of another thing in this disaster girl meme story, which is that she consulted with other well now adults who had memes of themselves as kids and what they did, including the woman who was in overly attached girlfriend, <laughs> just like. <laughs> The girl serious? with the big eyes <laughs> and uh, Bad Luck Brian, yeah, which is the kid with the braces and the like plaid sweater vest. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. That was so funny. So apparently Disaster Girl talked with Overly Attached Girlfriend and Bad Luck Brian about how to monetize her meme. <laughs> the world is a wild place. Two things. One, I love that for all of them. I really do. Two, what the fuck? Here's the thing. <laughs> If I appear in a meme, for whatever reason, I would... Hey, I mean, it'd be great to make money off of it, sure. But I would also have a life that isn't that meme. Like, I'd still show mm-hmm. up to my job. I'll still probably... I'll, even if I make a lot of money from that meme, I'll probably still do my job. I'll probably still try to have the life that I wanted, independent of that meme. But for these kids, do the meme just... Does it just swallow... Because, I mean, I'm an adult now, and I can say that in perspective. But mm-hmm. if the meme happened when you were a child... And the whole time you're alive, the meme has pretty much swallowed your whole life. That is your life now. Everywhere you go, you're recognized as that image. Like, that has to be depressing. (laughs) Probably. And I hope you sell it for $500,000 if that's the case, because you better (laughs) fucking get paid for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so sad to think that this whole thing, they didn't... If they asked for it, great. If they didn't ask for it, that's fine, too. But it just... It's kind of like that lady who... My hair... 
it don't move. My hair, <laughs> it don't move. <laughs> whole life went up in like a tailspin as soon as that went viral. Which huh. I I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm sure she didn't think it'd go viral. I was trying to think, why then would she? Because she only recorded it. She wasn't thinking, oh, this is such a stupid thing. She was thinking, oh, my God, I fucked up. And, like, guys, look how similar these containers are. And I fucked up and I, I used this one thinking it'd be fine. Like, don't do this because, look, I'm fucked. And people thought her misfortune was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and that went up in a whole different... And she was yeah. saying how her child would go to school... And get bullied because of that meme. No, really? Oh. Yeah. Like, she, and she had to, because the children, mm-hmm. the child is just being bullied. They don't, they're calling their mo- her mom a fucking idiot, stupid, whatever. And mm-hmm. she had to, but that woman, by the way, is brilliant. Because she had to say, she was saying how she had to sit her daughter down. And the only thing she could do about that, she can't tell her, oh, don't cry, honey, you know. She had to literally sit her daughter down and teach her daughter the context as to why those memes are funny so her daughter can laugh at it with them as opposed <laughs> to being depressed by it. I was like, yeah. do you know how intelligent you have to be to understand, oh, I can't just give you platitudes and tell you it's going to be okay. But a better approach is to teach you the context that makes that video funny so you can laugh too as opposed to taking you personally and being depressed. I was like, wow. But anyway, that woman is great. But her being, a, I guess now, I don't know if it's like a meme or I don't know what to call it. A, a video, viral video sensation. It doesn't matter. Um, her life went up in smoke. So, but we also have the, you know, I, I mentioned the condescending Wonka meme. Remember when Harambe was shot? Oh, my God. Oh, right. Fucking Those Harambe. Harambe memes, they took me out. Um, the most interesting man in the world, which also is another whole marketing scheme because Dos Equis uses this as their whole marketing brand. Mm-hmm. Um, the distracted boyfriend. You know, <laughs> the guy who's like walking with his girlfriend and he looks behind at another girl. By the way, they're, they're, they're much older now. And I think they have good spirits about this because every once in a while I see that they've recreated this meme. Yeah. And it's still funny. <laughs> um, that one gets used like that is an extremely versatile one. <laughs> <laughs> the, it goes with the everything. distracted boyfriend i've seen like everywhere anything <laughs> is it kermit the frog first of all there's there's more than one kermit the frog one but the popular one is the one where he's drinking lipton which also yes. i think was another ad honestly memes are advertising at this point mm-hmm. and i think they probably have always been if they didn't already begin that way um there's the doge meme which i think is the least intelligent meme yet <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, it's funny, it's funny, yeah. but like, it's just so stupid. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Like, even I could make a dog meme because it's literally <laughs> just a picture of a Shiba Inu and like, it's words all around spelling, it. Spell it wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I think it's the lowest hang. Well, maybe there's one even lower than that, but it's one of the low hanging fruit ones. It's, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite meme, but people really like it because doge. Um, yeah. The crying Michael Jordan meme. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael Jordan has not been able to live this down. You know what's funny about this is he... I don't remember the context. It was something really sad that made Michael Jackson... Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan cry. 
and they took that screen grab of his crying face, his ugly crying face, and they slapped it on every meme. It was so funny. And then the other time, I think he came out to... Nipsey Hussle is... Oh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. I just said is. God, I need to get my shit together. Nipsey Hussle was a rapper slash hip-hop artist slash a black activist. The guy was everything to everyone. And... For some shady reason, he died. Mm. I'm not going to say they killed him or anything like that, but I think, it, I think it, it was like bordering on conspiracy as to how he died. It was such a blow to the black community that everybody came to his funeral. It's kind of like when like when Michael Jackson died. Like all, Even all the controversy that surrounded Michael Jackson's death like, in his life, when he died, everybody was like, what the fuck, he just died. Um, mm. Or Ali or somebody like that. But when Nipsey died, everybody went to his funeral. Every single person. People who Nipsey is a hip hop artist. Why is Michael Jordan at a Nipsey hustle field? Like why he's mm-hmm. he's in a whole different field. But what I'm saying is the whole community came together when Nipsey died. And at his funeral, Michael Jordan was up there giving a really heartfelt speech. And in that speech, Michael, you know where this is going. Michael Jordan was so afraid to start crying. He goes, God damn it. I'm going to start crying and they're going to make my face a meme for another 20 years. And he was right because he cried. And you know what we did? We made that face a meme. I hate the internet. By the way, Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal are the most clever, the most funny people ever. If you watch their interviews, you will die laughing Shaq is actually a bloody genius people don't realize it they think he's just a big fool who just blunders and laughs no he is very intelligent extremely (laughs) intelligent shout out to Shaquille O'Neal moving on uh the old town road meme by the way you know I put this here because this is our weekly Lil Nas shout out hey Lil Nas shout out to Lil Nas X I think he strategically orchestrated that old town road release with memes so it can be perpetrated over and over and be long-lasting, which it worked perfectly. And he's doing something similar with Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And again, that is the most memeable music video that ever was. It's yes. so memeable. Lap Dancing on Satan, you can remix that a billion ways. Pole Dancing to Hell, a billion times. You know what's so great about that clip? If you notice, there aren't very many instances in pop culture references or movies or whatever any place where we have a very clear depiction of what heaven looks like hmm. we have bruce almighty <laughs> and we have pretty much that's it then we have montero call me by your name any meme or anything funny that is religious related that has to show a picture of heaven <laughs> they're going to go and grab a screenshot from his music video to make it a thing that is the only picture that they can use so he's pretty much found a niche and given them if you want to make memes about heaven but you don't have any green screen to place the photo of what heaven looks like Lil Nas X just gave them that when I tell you this boy is fucking brilliant I mean Mm -hmm. every time I think about it I'm like he didn't do this on accident no none of this like no every single week I find out something new and I'm like holy fuck he thought about that too brilliant Fucking brilliant. I'm sorry. I Call me a little Nas X. Please call me. <laughs> we have the uh, 
I don't, I genuinely have no idea because this is two pictures I think that came together. I, I don't know where it came from, but the woman who's yelling and being held back by another woman pointing at a cat sitting at a table? <laughs> With a salad in front of it. With a salad in front of it. <laughs> the cat's like hissing, sitting at a table in front of a salad. Like, what? <laughs> I love this meme. I love this meme. <laughs> this meme is funny. It's very funny. And I, I, I don't know what the context is. Honestly, I want to find out, but it is so good. R.I.P. Uh, Grumpy Cat. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Grumpy, Grumpy Cat. Cat. Grumpy Cat was great because it wasn't just one picture of Grumpy Cat that you could meme. Because Grumpy Cat always looked like that. So you could always. take any picture yeah. in the world of Grumpy Cat and make the same kind of like grumpy memes on it. It was, it was perfect. I forgot about it. Oh, loved Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat had, <laughs> I mean, talk about making money off of things. Grumpy Cat had a holiday movie. I watched it. I watched Are you serious? the Grumpy Cat holiday movie I didn't on know Lifetime, this. of course. <laughs> on Lifetime. <laughs> you know it was on Lifetime. <laughs> the Grumpy Okay, we have the, it's not really a facepalm, but the Patrick Stewart, like, <laughs> facepalm, disappointed forehead. <laughs> memes reach, they transcend time and space. It's almost mm -hmm. like those memes that come out about, like, when they take Renaissance or 1600s paintings. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? You see, I forget what they're called. Like, I think it's art, art something memes, and they, like, memify it. They, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, on or Reddit, like, the subreddit, uh, R tripping through time. R tripping through, <laughs> thank you so much. That's yeah. what <laughs> Yeah. They make memes out of classic paintings. It's like, so good. It's so good. It transcends time. And some of them are so long-lived, but I still relish the ones that are, even if it's short-lived, just like some pop culture thing will happen and people will go wild and it'll die out, but that's okay. <laughs> like like Bernie Sanders with the mittens at the inauguration. <laughs> the fucking mittens. I saw that and I instantly died. Bernie Sanders at the inauguration was a whole mood. <laughs> Remember that time when Nancy Pelosi did the fuck you clap to Donald Trump and then she yeah. ripped the paper? <laughs> as soon as I saw that in real time, like yeah. it, I saw it in context of what was happening. And I was like, this right here, these two seconds, me. Yep. Oh, first world problems, lady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's just a picture of a crying white lady, which like... <laughs> Making fun of crying white ladies is like, the material is endless. The hilarious white women salads. Oh, where the laughing at salads? Yeah. The fucking stock photos of white women who just laugh with salads. Yeah. Why do so many stock photos of white women laughing with salads exist in the first place? I don't know. It blows my mind. Oh my god. And there's there's endless ones. Like we could sit here and list them forever and think of more and more and more. But And in honor of today's specific episode, the meme with Justin Timberlake with the ramen hair <laughs> and the song by InSync called Oh no, it's called It's Gonna Be Me. <laughs> <laughs> we just I was on that so pole. confused for a second. Oh, how does this song go? Alexa, play It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC on Spotify. Every, Every little, little thing, thing I do, never good enough for you. You, <laughs> you don't, don't want to lose it again. But I'm not like them. Baby, when you finally <laughs> get to love somebody, guess what? It's gonna be May! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> for those of you who don't don't know that song and you're hearing it for the first time when we're just completely being out the line is uh when you finally get to love somebody it's gonna be me and he the song is about he meeting a girl who has been through so many bad relationships and she's kind of on the fence as to whether or not she wants to proceed with their relationship and he's like you know what at some point you're going to decide to let somebody love you and that person is going to be me and he doesn't say me like a normal person <laughs> he says me like may and the reason why that meme is so funny is because at the end of april every year this meme <laughs> rears its head up and i love it because the line is it's gonna be may and obviously the month that comes after april is fucking may you're all welcome i don't know why i had to explain that to all of you but i know one person didn't get that meme and now you do and you are welcome <laughs> so that concludes our episode on memes thanks everybody for joining us you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at big empty purse Tweet us your favorite memes, message us, post them on Instagram, tell us all the memes we missed, all the classics, and let us know what topics you want to hear us cover in the future. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about parenting. Until next time, peace.